It's Monday, June 7th. We have Max from the Lily Pad, a story about Scott and Juneteenth. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia, voted second best podcast in Richmond. My name is Scott Wise and I am joined as always by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Today, Roby, we are going down to the river. Oh, God. Are you a river? Are you a river hard ER? Are you a river AH type of gal? I'm a river how it's spelled. So river. I don't okay. think I've ever looked at somebody and been like, river. <laughs> I might now. I mean, yeah, we're going to hear from people that have said, Roby is definitely a river type of person. I feel that she feels very strongly about the river. <laughs> As Roby mentioned off the top, we have Max from the lily pad one of the hottest restaurants in town right now uh, gosh i mean it's busy you were recently there though how long did you wait to eat i had the best time there i met my friend greg burton down there and we were there for probably max is going to tell you in the interview that you can only be at a table for two hours but i think that we eclipsed that by about two hours <laughs> so how many buckets of beers then no comment on the buckets of beer, but I do want to mention before we go any farther that Max, while, while Roby and I are landlocked at the moment, Max was conducting his portion of the interview outside on the beautiful lily patio. I think he called it the lily patio. He calls it the lily patio, which I think is great. And there was a nice wind going around uh, him yes. while he was talking, which is great for him, but not so great for the audio. So I haven't listen to it yet, but I'm going to do my best in editing to make it sound pristine. But if you hear a little bit of wind, that's why, and I apologize. Yeah, do, yeah. do not at us about the local wind from the James River. The local wind. <laughs> yeah, lo local winds. Do not do that. So here I am, Scott. Like, let's just do this. Here I am. I do 6.30 a.m. yoga class because, you know, you got to go to work. I'm talking to one of the managers of my yoga studio, and she says, Roby, so... I check in all of the people that are students here at yoga. And two days ago, I checked in Scott Wise. And I said, really? He came and did hot yoga? I was like, I can't believe you didn't tell me. And she goes, I'm actually re was really surprised that he didn't check in with you. Because you know, you're here pretty often. And I thought for sure that's how he heard about the studio. And I was like, mm, I mean, maybe you want to do your hot yoga with somebody else, right? Cool. Mm -hmm. So I go put my yoga mat down. And I come if back. If you guys can see my face right now, it's it's totally blank and uh, pale because I have no idea where this is going. It's so funny. So so I put my yoga mat down and come back and and I say, "Well, did he enjoy it?" And she goes, "Well, he, you know, I wanted him to have the full effect, so I didn't really say much to him, but till after the class." And he comes out and he's sweaty and, you know, looks like he enjoyed it. And I was, and I was like, okay, I'll, now I can make small talk with him. She goes, so my next sentence is, so you know Roby, right? And she said, the guy just looks at her and goes, who? That's, by the way, that's what I say to everybody when they ask me that question. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I was, and then, that was definitely Scott then. <laughs> and then I walk away as quickly as possible. But anyway, continue this story. No, it, it was a different Scott Wise. I'm oh, like, that's that it. Was you and you were a joke. Yeah, I'm like, that was it. Different Scott Wise. Okay, yeah, no. Uh, never done hot yoga. Never done cold yoga. Never done yoga. <laughs> we're launching an exciting project on WTVR.com, my day job. And it's 
we're going to be compiling a list of the hidden gems of Richmond. Not the obvious places that you, the travel books recommend, you know, the Jefferson Hotel, Maymont, the VMFA, all lovely places, but not very hidden. This list is going to be the hidden gems that you would take family or you would take friends from out of town, secret little places. So while I'm compiling that list, I wanted to ask you, Roby, what are the hidden gems in terms of Richmond restaurants? So have you been in the Westbury Pharmacy? The Westbury Pharmacy? I have, yeah, yes. The Westwood Fountain. That's a good one. So Westbury Pharmacy fun. and Westwood Fountain, both of them. Yes, both good ones. Mm-hmm. I love the little sandwiches. It's like, it's like walking into a time capsule, both of those places. Yeah, I don't really understand the pharmacy aspect of it, but um, yeah, both of them are very cool. Or how about that deli at the back of, our, of West End Antiques? I have not been into that one. What is that all about? Soup. You got to get the soup. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get the soup. Or, I mean, Ryan says the chicken salad is really good. I had, I didn't have the chicken salad, but, um, he's, and he really likes chicken salad. That's called Lula bells. I think we just figured out that it was called. That's a pretty fun little hidden gem. All right. All right. Maybe I'll add those to the the big list. Oh, we got more. Oh yeah. I got another one. The stationary food truck on the South side. El Taco Del Rey. Are you sure about that? El no, Taco Del Rey. It's El Taco, El da, it's El Taco Rey. I don't El know. El Taco Del Rey. It is that. That is white. You can't miss it. It's on Jefferson Davis, which is not called Jefferson. Richmond Davis, Highway. Thank you. Yeah, sure. It's on Richmond Highway. Um, that's a tasty one. I, I, I took Tim Carmen there from the Washington Post because it was such a good hidden gem. And what did Tim think about it? He loved it and wrote about it in the Washington Post for delicious tacos. There's another hidden gem that we're going to get to. Not so hidden anymore. It's on the James River and it's called the Lily Pad. Let's go there now. So let's see. The only waterfront restaurant, only marina waterfront restaurant in Richmond, maybe, is the Lily Pad. So we have Max Walraven here who owns this waterfront restaurant slash marina slash boat floating slash all the things. Hi. The above. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to Eat It Virginia. Yeah, and it's uh, today it's sunny, it's not cold, um, and we're out here on the patio of the Lily Pad. And uh, I've actually I've coined that the Lily Patio you know, <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> I'm so jealous right now. I'm stuck in my dining room. Roby appears to be in her home. And Mac, Max is chilling. Max is chilling on the water. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Scott gets that awesome backdrop. You get to look at my shelves. Right. <laughs> well, I, see, I like your coat of arms there, too. That's cool. Oh, thanks. Yeah, there you go. I got three. Man, that's actually really Oh, look at that. Yeah, oh, it's it, this is that's the Richmond so cool. Basin coat of arms, and uh, that's the sec the the first marina I purchased when I was twenty nine is the Richmond Yacht Basin. So I own both of these marinas back to back on the James River. So, because I'm not supposed to ask this, I'm going to ask how old <laughs> how old are you now? Thirty seven. So you have owned both marinas for 
almost 10 years. Yes. Yeah. So the first marina, Richmond Yacht Basin, uh, that's the second oldest marina in the state of Virginia um, and home to a lot of firsts as far as uh, marine type stuff. You know, it was the first yacht club in the state of Virginia built in 1939. I was 29 when I bought that property. Um, and I've kind of made it my life's work to renew these forgotten gems on the James. Um, you know, for the last 70 years, there's only been two marinas in Richmond and I own both of those. And then since, you know, the mid 2000s, 2007 rockets landing was um, created. Um, but so, you know, but this is such a unique area of the river because of the history, civil war, revolutionary war, you know, founding of America, all that. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I kind of at 29 was, full of energy and like, Hey, I'm going to conquer the world. I'm going to be the best Marina owner in the whole, you know, state of Virginia. <laughs> Seems sort of random. I mean, why marinas? Why, uh, why your, your passion? I, you know, I was, I was a boater for a long time before getting into marinas, but uh, I'm from Hawaii originally and uh, the love for the water, um, you know, and I was immediately when I moved to Richmond, I immediately was attracted to the James river. Uh, although it is, you know, some people call it, uh, you know, a muddy ditch and have bad names for the James and how dirty it is. I love it. I think it's uh, an absolutely stunning um, piece of Virginia's history and, uh, you know, natural resources and recreation. Uh, and so when I met the um, son of the family that owned the Yacht Basin, he was a few years older than me. I was in my late 20s. Um, a joke was made about him selling it to me. And for his dad, who was in his seventies, who's now passed. Um, but he made a joke about like, Oh yeah, I'll get my dad to sell it to you. And I kind of said, you know, all right, we'll put your money where your mouth is. Um, you know, let's, let's work a deal. Um, and at 29, I became the owner of the yacht basin, uh, and kind of never looked back. And, um, I had my eye on this particular Marina Kingsland Marina, um, at where the lily pads located, uh, for a number of years, I just saw the potential here. Um, I saw the potential of the restaurant. I saw the potential of the property. Um, you know, it's, it's no mystery that there's not a whole lot of inventory um, up and down the James River as far as land for sale, especially usable land for commercial purposes like this um, for a marina and or a restaurant. Uh, if there was, people would be gobbling it up and building, you know, condos and shopping malls and restaurants on the river, um, kind of like Rockets did. Uh, WVS companies. Um, and that's a beautiful development. It's fantastic. Um, it's really uh, well-built. It's a great marina. It's a, you know, they've got good restaurants there, but as far as boating, it's in a very dangerous part of the river. Um, and that's why that marina has really kind of never taken off. What makes a marina good for boating? Like, and what makes it dangerous? And then I have a third question that I'm yeah. hoping you're just gonna slip in there. If yeah. I were going to buy a marina, how much would it cost me? <laughs> All right. I'll answer the first one. So <laughs> boaters look for, especially seasoned boaters, and we have very large boats at both marinas. We have boats in upwards of 70 and 80 feet. Um, and But then back down to the 15-foot center console and the little, you know, runabout John boats. We have boats of every size at these marinas. Uh, but your average size is anywhere from 30 to 50-foot boat. Well, those are not trailerable. You can't just stick it on your trailer and put it in your yard. A 40-foot boat weighs... My neighbor can, trust me. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, but you can't trailer it legally. <laughs> but, uh, you know, those boats need somewhere safe to go. So the number one thing that makes a good marina is safe harbor. Um, both of these marinas were built in the 1950s. Well, even earlier than that, some of the docks, but really incorporated in the 1950s, incorporated and developed. And they've been standing that long because the owners at the time, the men that were, uh, you know, much uh, tougher than me <laughs> that built these marinas, you know, hand driving pilings and not, you know, they didn't have the equipment we have today, you know, so it had to be a tough old group of guys that built these places. Um, when they decided on the location of these marinas, they took all that into consideration. Um, you know, not being in the main channel, not being in the outside curve of a main channel, all of those factors, um, play into safe harbor and winds, where the prevailing winds, which direction they come from. So these marinas have stood the test of time. They just got forgotten by their owners and really kind of just, you know, became downtrodden. Both of them, um, you know, a lot of them needed a substantial amount of maintenance. So what did that cost? I'm not letting you go on this one. You know yeah. that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you tell me how much marina costs. And then I want to talk about food. Right. So tax assessments on these properties are over a million each. But, um, you know, I try to buy low and uh, keep and, you know, eventually maybe sell high. Who knows? Uh, but the that was definitely taken into consideration in the purchase price was the fact that they had a lot of deferred maintenance, dock repairs, dredging. Uh, you guys remember the condition of the lily pad. Um, oh, we're going to gonna talk about it. <laughs> I know. That's what this is really about. Um, now, you know, I did pay a reduced price. I can't discuss actual figures, but um, there's a lot of sweat equity. Um, both marinas, um, you know, had legal challenges, you know, after purchase. Um, you know, a, a group of family members of one of the previous owners of the yacht basin immediately sued us and the person I bought it from. So that was a lengthy lawsuit. So there's a, an element of when you're buying Virginia's oldest marinas, there's this inevitable, someone's going to be mad and someone's going to sue you. Um, and uh, Scott was asking about some questions about the legal troubles that were attached to Kingsland and Lilypad. Um, that's all resolved. That's all I can say to that. Well, let's talk about the lily pad. It was not fancy. How about that? Yeah. Um, at, that we'll use that word. It was. It was not fancy for quite some time. Well, I always use the word dive, and um, you know, the uh, you know, uh, I have some expletives that I'm not going to say on here. But you know, it was kind of a just a dirty dive. It was an interesting spot. How, however, the service was excellent. I must say. Yeah. Um, when did you go to the lily pad, Roby? Oh gosh, we used to go on. So I, the, they had the largest before previous to what it looks like now. They had the largest selection of those wild porch glider things, you know? Yeah, okay. the, the gliders. Yeah. And I actually, I kind of like the porch glider. Like a throwback feels kind of cool. Yeah, they're and still they're still there. Yep. Oh, well, I've not seen them because I love them. And then we used to have that, like, bucket and the weirdly long burger. Did you ever have the weirdly long burger? 
So the burger, we we have a different iteration of the burger. It's a smash burger. It's not it's not weirdly long now. It is a circular bun, but we <laughs> you have the buckets of beer, which I must say we have done a lot of you know comps to other bars and restaurants around Richmond. I have yet to find a restaurant with a domestic beer special as inexpensive as ours. That bucket of beer for ten dollars is two fifty a domestic. And we run that every day. That's, you know, we, that's not a happy hour special. That's every day. And that was one of the things from the previous lily pad that I said, we've got to keep the, the burger and bucket. We've got to keep the bucket of beer special. There's these elements that kind of make the lily pad, the lily pad. And I wanted to keep those intact, including the name. You know, I purchased the name from the previous owner because I said, we can't rename it. It can't be River Grill. It can't be the, you know, something bistro. It's got to be the lily pad. It's, well, that's when I went, as for those. I try to go to your spot now, but it is busy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. We do call <laughs> yeah. reservations on nights that aren't music nights, and we do call ahead. So if you're driving out here and you would want to get on the, the wait list a little early, you could. I know. I know the owner. There you go. <laughs> I will say a few weeks ago, I, a friend and I met out at the lily pad and I got there, I think it was about 530 on a Saturday and he was meeting me around the same time, but he actually went to the wrong lily pad. There's another lily pad yeah. in town. He went to the wrong on, one on Brook so, Road. On Brook Road. He's waiting in the parking lot there. <laughs> uh, I showed up at your lily pad. I blew right by it on Route 5, first of all, because I'd never been there before and you know, there's not a real obvious, at least I didn't see it, a real obvious sign like turn here for the lily pad. So I blew right by it. And then I'm in the country. There's nowhere yeah. really to turn around. So I go like there really isn't if you go by it. There's I go nothing. Like 17 miles down Route 5, turn back around. Anyway, long story short, get in line, 40 minute wait, not a big deal on a Saturday night. They, they tell me to go over to the, I guess, the cocktail area. I don't know what you officially call it. Yeah, that's the cocktail area. Yeah, I sat in one of those loungy chairs next to a fire pit. Uh, ordered myself a bucket of Miller Lite, and it was, I, I literally could not, I did not want to move from that spot forever. Like that. Did you drink the whole bucket? <laughs> I, I might have drinking most of the bucket. Uh, right. But what I wanted to ask you was, I had a great time, great night, great food. The band was rocking. It was a lot of fun. Um, I have a bunch of questions about that specifically, but first in general, <laughs> when people want to come and hang out at your place, they want to stay all night, don't they? And that can't be good for you. How are you managing that right now? Uh, you're right. So, and prior to me doing the remodel and taking this over, we had a lot of regulars. And you probably remember them from back in the day when you came. Um, you know, typically, you know, people that live in Verina would sit here and camp out all day, drink two buckets of beer, um, not necessarily tip well, and then complain about stuff. Well, as getting we love you, Verina. By the way, we love you, Verina. <laughs> love you, Verina. I lo I Everybody love in Verina, we like. Jesus, Max, what are you trying to do to us, man? I know, yeah. I've, never, I've never met anyone in Verina I haven't liked. We're a but, podcast for the people. You can't just sort of <laughs> including Verina. Yes. So, but what's happened is through you know clearly the remodel and the changing of the menu and certain things, and it being busier, a lot of those regular regulars don't come. Um, and we knew that that was going to happen. When you change a, an institution, because the lily pad had been here for 15 years. Uh, when, when you change an institution, there's a lot of people that just do not like change. But in its previous iteration, it was not sustainable. Um, the, if you came on a, what 
then was a busy night, which was, I think, eight to 10 tables, it was an hour and a half wait for a cheeseburger. If you didn't get eaten up by mosquitoes because there was no lights, there was no real table or anything. So, you know, that had to change. And unfortunately, some people stopped coming because of it. Uh, we always welcome them back. It's the same family owned place that it was before. Uh, it's just gotten, you know, a little bit nicer. Um, as far as the oversight on the tables and timing, you know, we do our best to accommodate people. We do have a two hour uh, table limit. Most places in Richmond have an hour and a half. We said, hey, we're the lily pad. People come out here to hang out. It's a drive. Now, we do not strictly enforce that, but at the same time, there's times where we have a line out the door, people have eaten, they're just sitting there. We offer them to go back into the cocktail area or to step aside to another area where there's like a fence and they can hang and watch the music. But we do try to cycle those tables out for people like yourselves that come and that want to eat. Um, a, a big draw is our menu. We have one of the head chefs from Mama Zoo's here. He worked at Mama Zoo's for 15 years. Uh, we have our kitchen manager and one of our cooks is from La Mer. Uh, we have a ton of talent from ranging from all the restaurants in Richmond. Our uh, bar manager is a guy named Zach Hodson. Uh, he came from Southbound and a couple other restaurants. So we have like this awesome staff and the food and cocktails reflect that. So people come out here for to eat and to hang out. So it is important to turn those tables, as you all know, in the restaurant business, that, that's where you're making your money. Um, and you know, we, we pick our battles. We, we know the people that are going to stay a little longer and, you know, might, at, you know, between two and three hours leave. And we, you know, we try not to mess with them. Well, that's good. You could have stayed all night. Thought you were in the cocktail area. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I moved to the, I moved to the, uh, I moved. But then a, you just would have had, had to commute back. Table, at our front row table in front of the band. It was quite a scene. Yeah. Well, when, <laughs> when COVID hit, that cocktail area, we made it bigger. Uh, you know, this remodel, I kicked off this remodel in January of 2020. And we did, COVID was like a blip on the radar on the news at that point. And it was like January, February, March. Well, March is like everything shut down. Kids are out of school. Really, you know, just the, it all hit the fan. And here we are three months into a very extensive, very expensive remodel. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, maybe all those people were right that said I was crazy to go in the restaurant business, you know? Um, I mean, maybe I, I just made the worst financial decision of my life, but we turned that and thought, okay, COVID outdoor seating is going to be huge because nowhere you can go inside. Um, so we decided to just make the patio bigger. We made the cocktail area bigger, really gearing up for a, co a, a post COVID, um, you know, opening. So we opened June 5th. So exactly six months of construction, we opened June 5th and it was just gangbusters line out the door. Um, we had no idea that people were going to come in the um, quantity that they did here. There was no way to tell. We didn't know if the general public was scared to go out. Well, turns out that if you had out <laughs> through that time, you were popular. Um, and we've developed things like our music and stuff like that since then, because to take advantage of, you know, the outdoor space we have. Uh, that cocktail area was key in keeping people happy that are here people that drive 30, 45 minutes, they don't want to just be out in your parking lot waiting. They need a sure. and they need a chair, they need a, a place to congregate. Um, and then, you know, while they're waiting, um, and that was kind of the solution for that. 
So let's talk bands because Scott loves bands. So it's probably why he was there. Yeah. Who is doing your booking and do you have live music every night? Every Saturday. So I do all the booking, um, oddly. <laughs> you know, I didn't think if you'd asked me 10 years ago, hey, Max, you're going to be uh, running a restaurant with your wife and you know, interviewing bands and waitresses. I would have said you're crazy. Um, but it, it, it morphed into this kind of thing where I get to meet the bands, um, negotiate rates, sounds. I know what works out here and what doesn't as far as like what genres of music uh, people like and don't like. Um, you know, Is there a certain genre for the variety of people that we love? Rock and roll. Rock and roll <laughs> uh, you know, classic rock covers. Uh, it's the get up and want to dance music. We had um, the, the weekend that Scott was here. It was um, actually a gentleman named Paul Hammond and Last Call is the name of his band. Uh, he was mostly covers and they just they rocked out. Um, the following weekend uh, was Good Shot Judy, which is like a big brass kind of swing band. That was an awesome turnout last weekend. Uh, we got rained out on Saturday. There was Big Heart Collective was going to play, which they played here a lot last year. This weekend is 64 Crayons. So we stick to kind of the rock covers. Uh, I'm talking to a uh, Prince cover band, a Prince tribute band, actually. Um, when is that going to be? No uh, kidding. Right? I want that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my same table. Can I, can I reserve that now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want his table. Don't reserve it for him. <laughs> we can sit together, friend. No, we're not friends. Wow. <laughs> not when the, not over lily pad front row tables. <laughs> so, um, you know, I get a lot of inquiries and I feel, um, I feel bad sometimes because there's bands that I'm, you know, a, they're either out of the price range. Uh, they're just right off the bat too high. Um, and I tell people like, Hey, here's what we typically pay. Um, but I also pay bands what they want to be paid. Like if they're in the budget, um, someone tells me that they get a thousand bucks. I'm not negotiating them down. I'm actually, if anything, I'm saying, all right, well, I'll pay that in a uh, hundred dollar food and drink tab. You know, I want to be known as one of the cool play music places to come play. Um, that's, you know, the owner's friendly, the management's friendly, we're band friendly. Um, because it just makes so much better working relationship with these bands and management. Um, if they're happy to play there uh, and, you know, word has gotten out that the lily pad is not only a fun place to a fun gig to play, but you know, we take care of our, um, all of our guests. We don't do music, live music during the week. Um, during the week uh, we have a salsa night on Thursday that has just been unbelievably popular. Um, this place just gets packed uh, with salsa dancing and this water setting and the salsa music, it transports you. It's almost as if you're in the Caribbean. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, but we, we, we play that by ear because there's a certain amount of music we want to have. And then there's a certain amount of just regular restaurant and bar business that we want to have. And the balance between the two, because we have a lot of people, locals that don't want to come out here on a band night because it's just too busy. They want to come hang by the river, you know, not be in a rush. And those people come during the week. They say, all right, I know Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are typically the mellow times. I'm not going to lily pad on a Saturday. It's just too busy. That was going to be my question. Is there a sweet spot for someone that wants to just experience uh, the lily pad and not to worry about waiting an hour to get in? I think the earlier, the better four or five, you know, uh, any restaurant peak 
peak dinner time is at 6, 7 p.m. Uh, those are just peak dinner hours for any restaurant. Uh, so if you come at four, uh, you know, we're not going to be on a wait. Um, and then, you know, those, if you come at four on say a weekday, you're good. If you come uh, earlier in the day on a Saturday or Sunday, you'll get pretty quick service. Uh, probably will not be on a wait. But if you show up on Saturday at 6 p.m., an hour before the band starts, yeah, we're going to have an hour plus wait. We're also trying new things with trying to seat people quicker. We've just integrated an app for people so we can page people when their table's ready. That's what I used. Um, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's been working well. But then you get the people that don't look at their phone because they're, you know, too many buckets in and we're paging them and paging them. And then they, they're like, oh, well, I'm right here. We're like, we paged you 20 minutes ago. You know, <laughs> on top of that, too. They're having a good time, man. Aloha. Yeah. They're having a good time. Right? right. Absolutely. I want to talk about this Aloha. Good transition, Scott. So you are from Hawaii. Born and raised. How did you get to Richmond? Uh, well, my mom's from Lynchburg. My dad's from New Jersey. Uh, they were young hippies, moved out to Hawaii in the eighties, um, did well for themselves, you know, real estate and construction. Uh, and I was a little, you know, towhead, blonde hair baby running around Hawaii in the eighties. And, um, my mother's parents were, my grandparents were sick, uh, or getting elderly. And, uh, we moved to Lynchburg, uh, to be with them. Uh, they ultimately passed and I did some, you know, middle school or well, elementary, middle school and high school in Lynchburg off and on. I would go live with my dad for a couple of years in Hawaii and go back and live with my mom or get in trouble at my dad's in Hawaii. I might get shipped back to my mom's, you know, I can't deal with this boy. So, and I've got <laughs> three sisters and I have a twin sister also that lives in Lynchburg now. Um, and my family still lives in Hawaii. Uh, we visit when we can, but you know, I came to Virginia in 2004, um, and my first job was at the Olive Garden on Broad Street. And I tell you, you know, I took it seriously. I got my white press shirt and my tie. And I was like, hi, I'm Max. Welcome to the Olive Garden, you know. <laughs> Hospitaliano, <laughs> baby. Good stuff, yeah. And it trained me. You know, those, those corporate jobs do a lot for people in that industry. They train you customer service, product knowledge, greeting times, all those like Point of sale systems, all exactly. those things. Keywords mm -hmm. in the restaurant mm -hmm. business. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm weeded. You know, that's where I learned. Yep. 86. 86. Yep. <laughs> yeah, 86. So I learned all of that and I actually applied it to other businesses that I was in eventually construction, property management. Um, you know, I ended up owning a bunch of rental properties of my own all over the city of Richmond uh, and ultimately sold those, uh, you know, to just kind of cash in and buy the second marina. Um, so, you know, all of it, though, is, you know, an iteration of customer service. Uh, and that's why I feel like my wife and I, my, my wife's name is Karen. She it went to VCU, worked at CanCan, worked at tobacco company, the whole circuit. Uh, and both of us just come from a restaurant background. We love we love the hustle of it um, and the customer service side. We try to be on top of customer service whenever we can. Um, so are you jet skiing pizzas? Yet. No, we're not. You know, so it's amazing. We we have pushed this kitchen to the absolute brink of its production capability. Um, we do so much volume here. It, I have guys from La Mer and Mama Zoo and uh, you name it. Um, people, I have a server from uh, Kitchen 64 that said, 
people don't even understand the volume we do here until you actually come here and see it inside the kitchen. Um, you know, we're just pumping out so much food and beverage hour after hour, all weekend long. Um, you know, that, um, it's a lot to manage, but you know, with, with a good team, we, we stay on top of it. What were some of the things that, uh, kind of caught you by surprise or that you've learned in the, uh, 12 months that lily pad has been rocking and rolling um dealing with people um is one of the most difficult things you know i've had employees in the past in the construction company and the marina business and whatnot but dealing with that many employees um and their schedules and their dramas and their um attitudes and things like that um you know that was that's definitely been the most difficult but it's also the most rewarding because it's like a puzzle you know you're constantly putting the puzzle pieces together and these people are a great fit with these people and these people work well with that, or this job is, you know, this job description is, you know, more along the lines of what they can do. So constantly figuring that out is, is um, it's, it's a struggle, but it's also very rewarding. Um, and I think that uh, any restaurant owner knows that, that the most difficult thing to do is to manage personnel. Um, I think that, you know, Another thing that kind of surprised us was the just absolute sheer popularity of this restaurant. We had no idea that Richmond was in such dire need of a waterfront location with a good menu that had live music. Um, there's been other places that have attempted it, um, and I don't think that they nailed it quite um, quite as well not not to not to boast but we had it we had a perfect storm that came together with the location uh, the cooks that we have the the need for live music when as COVID has been wrapping up um, and people are just ready to get outside and party and get back to normal I mean I've I've watched the transformation of everybody has a face mask to now at salsa dancing you know, everyone that's vaccinated has no mask and are just, you know, ready to dance. What's your favorite thing on this menu that you keep not uh, boasting about, but talking about the Mama <laughs> right. Zoos and the Mayor yeah. Chefs? Let's talk about it. So, you know, one of the things Javier Mori is from Mama Zoos, and I said to him, man, I love the tuna from Mama Zoos. And, I'm, and I love tuna. I'm from Hawaii. I just love fresh ahi. And he said, all right, I'm going to make you a tamari tuna with, and now it's actually a side of broccoli. And I believe it's polenta right now is uh, part of the setup. Uh, that's a great dish. Uh, the salmon dish is another really good one. It's a honey tamari glazed salmon with uh, broccoli and uh, herb roasted potatoes. Uh, and then we have the lighter fare. We've got burgers. Day over day, week over week, the most popular thing on our menu is our cheeseburger. It doesn't matter. Rain, shine, cold, winter, does not matter. It's the cheeseburger and the orange crush. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've got all of the lighter fare too. You know, wraps, sandwiches, uh, salads. Uh, all of our pizza is made in a brick oven. All of it is made from scratch. Uh, it's a uh, starter that my wife did um, a couple years ago. It's all sourdough, 72-hour uh, proof um, sourdough in the brick oven. So the pizza has become wildly popular also. So it seems like with your setting, uh, you could have 
held back a little bit on the food. I mean, you're on the water, people are drinking beer. You could have decided, let's, let's skimp back a little bit, but it doesn't sound oh. like that's the case. <laughs> no, I've, I've been in Richmond long enough to know that the restaurants that have uh, the good food are the ones that sustain um, that, you know, I don't mean to keep saying Mama Zoo's a million times, but Mama Zoo's is a perfect example. Crappy little building, weird little location, line out the door for 35 years because the food was so good. Um, I made it a point. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to run a restaurant that has a subpar menu and say, Oh, but the view's nice. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to have a great menu. I want people to come out here in the winter to eat you know, and huddle up under a space, you know, these space heaters that all the restaurants have now, uh, you know, to have a good piece of fish or a burger. Uh, we do a lot of seasonal stuff. We also work with local farms out here in Verina. Uh, one of them is Beaver Creek Game Farm right up the road. Um, we get a lot of fresh produce from them. Uh, we work with a lot of local purveyors. We try to be as in tune with what's in season as possible within reason, clearly in the middle of winter, oranges and an orange crush is, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we try to stay on top of, of that side too, with just using the best, uh, quality, uh, products and produce. Um, and really we're operating out of a really tiny walk-in refrigerator here. Um, and I've had several kitchen staff say, we need a bigger walk-in. We need a bigger walk-in. And my, I, I hesitate. I try to kind of put it back into perspective where I'm like, Okay, if we have a bigger walk-in, it just is, it's more full of more junk, right? I like having a smaller walk-in because it keeps everything fresh. Everything's rotated. It, it requires every person back there in the kitchen to be hands on deck with the menu. It's always like, okay, this is first out. This has to be rotated. The truck just pulled up. We need to make room for this. So we actually keep our order small and we get two and three sometimes a week deliveries on seafood and keeping everything as fresh as possible. And I think that helps. If you give someone a 5,000 square foot walk-in, they're going to fill it full of stuff. <laughs> so let's talk about this weather thing because your restaurant is on water and it is probably crushed. Like you say it is because partly because it's gorgeous outside right now and will continue to be for hopefully till October. So yeah. what happens in November, December, January, February when people will not huddle underneath a space heater because they're no longer forced to due to the pandemic? Right. What will you do? So we've got a couple of things going on. Um, I saw the need for shade at the end of last summer. We got these two, uh, you know, giant tents. I think they're 40 by 40. Uh, they're almost like circuit tents, circus tents. Uh, they're about just right around 900 square feet a piece. We've got close to 2000 square feet of covered patio space. Um, and then the heaters obviously kept us going all the way into the winter. We never closed for the winter. I do have walls for the tents. We put those up. Um, we ran drink specials. We ran food specials. Now that wasn't, I mean, obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic. So people were limited where they could eat outdoors. My, my long-term goal for the lily pad is I number of years ago I purchased a very large barge it's a uh, 3,000 square feet downstairs and about a 3,000 square foot rooftop deck um, and ultimately we're going to remodel that and have conditioned space it already has two bars two bathrooms full kitchen it was a restaurant barge um, on the Appomattox River um, 
and pull it in here into the marina and have a whole nother space that can be special events, conditioned bar and indoor dining room, a rooftop covered deck on top of the barge. Uh, and it's, you know, twice the size of the current lily pad building. So it's uh, no small project, but I think it would be the first of its kind in this region of a floating restaurant, so to speak. Where does one house a barge? Yeah. <laughs> and whose yard is that barge parked now? Well, you have to have two marinas. Oh, ha. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's how I was able to it's get a humble it. brag. Yeah. <laughs> you, like have, you definitely have to have a marina to hold a 40 foot by 80 foot barge. Uh, you know, it's actually bigger than the house I live in. What I couldn't tell when I was visiting the one, the one time that I went to your restaurant was, is there indoor dining ever, or is it just that kitchen? In There's that not. Room? So the original lily pad had four or five tables inside and a bar. Um, and when we remodeled it, we made it just bar seating. So there's this horseshoe shaped bar um, and it's got a server station on one side and it's got the actual bar on the other. And then the kitchen is an open production kitchen. You know, everything's visible. So when you walk in and you look through that, you know, uh, it's almost like a fishbowl glass. And you're looking in at all the cooks, everyone. We thought, oh, well, one day, you know, it's slow. Maybe there'll be 10 bar stools in here. Well, we've never seen slow, um, even on, you know, a slow day, there's, you know, five to 10 tables here, we would never be able to do the production, the, the, the amount of food we do, the volume out of that kitchen if we had 10 patrons sitting in front of us. Now the, that bar has become shelves and the front of the bar is now refrigeration. And so we've kind of adapted and said, okay, well, that's, we can't have people in here for COVID anyway. Let's get more refrigeration on the front of the bar side. Let's do these things to make everything a little bit more efficient. And now we're to the point, though, where I don't ever see us opening that to the public, unfortunately. And a lot of people still ask. But, you know, it's hard for people to do their jobs uh, in a kitchen when you have people sitting right there. And that kitchen's loud. People are yelling. Cooks are yelling, you know, talking to each other. The pizza cook's yelling at the line cook down the way. And the dishwasher's yelling back at him um, <laughs> in the heat of the moment, you know, in a busy Saturday. Um, uh, one thing though we have talked about is putting, building a tiki bar out here, kind of in that cocktail seating area to offset some of the volume that goes to the main bar and to give that tiki vibe with the thatch roof and, you know, some, you know, pina coladas and with all bar seating around it so that people can get that feel that they want of sitting at a bar, talking to a bartender, you know, it's kind of like going and getting your hair cut and talking to your stylist and like kind of, you know, getting to know them and venting and telling them about your life. I think that that during this pandemic, a lot of people have missed out on that. Um, that's why people are so ready to go into bars it's like bar seating's back open. It's, and I went to a bar recently in the fan and it was like the bar was packed, you know, people, people can't wait to, you know, begin that, that social interaction with people in restaurants and bars again. We were known as a restaurant that really upheld held those rules during the pandemic. And that's why a lot of people felt comfortable coming out here. I mean, we would tell giant groups of people. We had several groups of bikers show up that refused to wear masks. I mean, we went toe to toe with them at the front door and ultimately they left. But, you know, it was not it was not a pleasant situation at different points in the pandemic. But um, now we kind of pick our battle. People want to wear a mask. Feel free. If you don't, you know. We're not going to bother you right now. I think the CDC's recommendation is do not engage. So. <laughs> That's my recommendation think, too, actually. 
<laughs> so it's it's actually a life motto of mine. Yeah, um, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do not just don't engage. Yeah. So okay. So we learned that we should come at four. We learned that we should eat the burger. Now I want to know the weirdest thing you found from the old lily pad when you were renovating, because oh. I know there was some crazy stuff. Oh my gosh. Well, you remember the bathrooms were the beer storage. The old showers were beer storage, right? Yes. Uh, so that, that was definitely odd, uh, you know, uncovering all of the things that were stuck in the ceiling tiles over the years, like empty beer cans. I think what was happening where employees were going into the restrooms, locking the door, because there was no employee bathroom at that time, um, going in there, you know, drinking beers and sticking them up into the ceiling tiles, you know, the empty beer cans so nobody could find the evidence. Uh, the uh, different owners of the lily pad over the years did so much jackleg work to the building that I cannot believe that there wasn't a fire. The electrical work that we found. Knock on wood, please. Yeah. Well, it's a cinder block building. Luckily, it won't burn for long, but <laughs> it's just the stuff we pulled apart was unbelievable. Um, all that's been repaired. And, you know, it was really, we opened Pandora's box. It was like, we kind of opened it and saw, oh, we're just going to do a little light remodel. It's like, no, there's no way we can put that back like that. You know, we have to <laughs> do that. Um, and then it just spiraled into a, you know, full remodel. Um, and then we added the pizza oven and, you know, it just got bigger and bigger. And then we had this time with COVID where all restaurants were closed. So we really took advantage of that. We were like, Oh, we've got like three months, three more months. We're going to open in April or May, but now we're not going to open until June. Let's like, let's take everything to the next level. And the pavered patio, um, that was, it was 8,000 pavers. Uh, we laid all of them, uh, me and a couple of my guys, one of the cooks here, another guy that still works here. We did all the work uh, that you see at the restaurant to ourselves. So it was uh, definitely a labor of love. It pays to be handy. That's for sure. It does. Um, you mentioned that you purchased the name Lily Pad when you purchased the property. Mm -hmm. One thing that you didn't change is a sign on the property that misspells the name. Why don't you go into that story a little bit? Yeah. Um, so the Lily Pad, the name itself, um, I, I took over from the previous owner. Uh, we agreed on a relatively small amount of money for the social media, the Facebook and the Instagram. The, some email accounts and the, and the name, because I really wanted the name. I had to stay the same. And I was always wondering why, prior, you know, prior to me ever even purchasing the marina or getting involved with the restaurant, why it was misspelled in several places. Um, and the mural on the side is L-I-L-Y, like a lily pad. And then the name itself is after uh, Lillian, or the woman's name, Lily, L-I-L-L-Y. And it turns out, during the remodel, an old guy walks up and I thought he was lost or something. I'm like, can I help you? He goes, I painted that mural right there. I was like, man, <laughs> I got questions for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually stopping by to see if I wanted him to touch it up. But I was so over budget at that point on the project. I was like, look, man, that is like the last thing on my, my to-do list. But I do have to ask you why it's spelled wrong. <clears throat> Turns out he said he was a Scrabble buff. Um, there's no way he could um, actually spell it the way that it was spelled in the, the, the woman's name, L-I-L-Y. And he said, and we're still talking about it. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, I thought it was funny. Like if I spelled it wrong, everybody would talk about it. And I, I was like, man, 
okay, cool. Well, we're going to leave it. So, um, and people still remind me, they're like, Hey, your name, your name's spelled wrong. Or, you know, and I just, I let it be, you know, kind of the folklore. I love a person that's like, excuse me, but did you know that your business name is your, your business, your business name is spelled wrong? What? (laughs) What? All those neon signs are wrong. Oh no. Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad you told me. And that's part of the, the eclectic vibe here. You know, there, there's those little stories and there's so many different little um things about this place that are fun and quirky, just like all the, you know, the donated yard furniture that made up the lily pads, you know, patio in previous years. Um the bicycle on the building was actually belonged to a regular that passed away. Um and before I ran the restaurant, um we were, the staff was trying to decide what to do with this guy's bike. And I said, don't throw it away. I'll stick it on the roof. You know, let's put it up there. So that is a reminder, you know, of the old, the old school lily pad people used to kind of come out here, ride their bikes out here and hang out. Um, and now it's kind of become an icon. It's part of our logo on our t-shirts. You can see the bicycle on the building. You're listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby, Scott, and Max. So Roby, have you been to the lily pad since it rebranded and reopened? Have you have you gone I've yet? I tried. I can't get in. Are you gonna try again, or is he gonna get? Oh up? yeah. Are you oh, done? Yeah, go- you just done? Yeah. yeah, that's it. One time we're out. No, we're, no, I'm gonna try again for sure. All right. Well, I definitely. For sure. I'm, I'm excited. I, I like the. I like all the people cooking. And you were just joking about me not invited to your table when the Prince cover band plays, right? No. That's so rude. <laughs> My God. So much that no, I do. For you. I want my own table all by myself for a prince. You deserve a table I'm all a by yourself. Fan. You're, you know, just for saying that, I deserve a table alone. You're yeah. right. I know. A, you need to go to the lily pad in the Brook Road, not the one on the river. That's oh, the other one. Yeah. I'll save. I'll save you a table there. Thanks. So, Thanks. The folks at the boathouse put out an interesting uh, memo. As you know, a lot of the restaurants pivoted to QR code menus and got away from the hard menus during COVID. The Boathouse and Casa del Barco, that whole company was one of them. Actually, they do a, obviously did a really good job. They've decided to keep the QR code system in place and not go back to the hard menu. Thoughts? I do have a couple of thoughts. I love the QR code. I love it. I absolutely think it's great. However, I have eaten with people, individuals that either require a hard menu or prefer a hard menu. Um, and I think that a couple of hard menus might not be a bad idea, just so those individuals who do like to have something tangible can have something tangible. And I, I realize think- it's from, from a marketing standpoint or however it works, like like it costs less maybe to have the QR codes, but I still think menus might be necessary. It's sort of been my experience going out recently that most restaurants will accommodate if you ask, right? Hasn't that been your experience or no? I have had, I, I have never in my actual experience, I've not had any problem. Um, I have had multiple people send me messages that there are local places that say, no, we don't have them anymore. So if you are visually impaired, that's tough. I had a lo- long story about that on Instagram regarding no hard menus um, at a restaurant so they couldn't eat there because... Obviously, that's not cool. Um, or some of your 
some phones, especially if they're like business phones, they block. Oh, I didn't think about that. So that's tough for people. Um, so th- there's a couple, just a couple of like things, you know, people send me the wildest stuff, but uh, so yeah, I think menus, hard menus may be like one or two might be a good call. Do you think, and they've already extended the, the to-go cocktail, I guess, mm-hmm. law, it's not a law, but whatever it is, they've extended it for a whole other year. Are there other things during, as you call them, panda times that you panda think, times. that you think like the QR code, like the to-go cocktails that will be here two, three years from now and things that you're just can't wait to say, see you later in the rear view? So I love online ordering. I want it to continue to stay forever. I, um, I do think that the, the ability to online order at a specific time is gonna go away <laughs> because I don't think that having a restaurant open indoors and outdoors and to go and having such major business in all of them, you're gonna be able to time to go orders to the 10 minutes before or whatever. Um, I think that we are gonna get better at green to go containers. And I think all that's gonna stay, you know, the great to go stuff and great to go packing and really incredible thoughtful menu items to go in to go containers. I think that all will be here, but I'm hopeful that they'll also be recyclable. What else do I think is going to stay? Um, I'm hoping that they'll realize, and I've said this, the staffing problem. I think that we now as a restaurant community realize how integral our staffing is and we need to pay them. Yeah, I've seen a, obviously working in the news, you hear from a lot of different people, a lot of different sides of each story. Do you think the money is the issue or are there other things at play here that um, might go underreported in the media? I think there's a lot of crappy customers. I mean, really, I think that we've been taught that we, as a consumer, we're always right. And, uh, and that line, I think there are people that will cross it and then the line gets moved and it has not been moved back into respect for the individuals in a restaurant. So I think, and I think it's so pervasive, like, I, I mean, they're more crappy customers than I would like to admit. And that, I don't think, you know, you guys see it in, in the news, or you do see it, but you don't report on it. Because sure. It's, you yeah. would be reporting on it like every day. What do you think is going to stay and go? Uh, I'm looking forward to heading back to places that are reopening. The Jasper's reopen. I'm looking forward to seeing those guys again real soon. Um, Headed down to Charlotte's Deli for the Juneteenth celebration. Yes, our friends... Nikki and Paul over at Charlotte's Southern Deli and Tapas, downtown Richmond, are having a Juneteenth cocktail party on June 19th. They have a blue cube. What does that mean? The ice cube is blue. Ah, that's lovely. <laughs> All right. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yep, sounds great. It's a little thing, Scott. It's a little things. It's a drink I, with a blue ice cube. But I am planning on going to that to, uh, to show some support to our, our friends. That was one of the last great meals that I had before the pandemic was with, was with Paul and Nikki. So, and they're, I'll, I'll commit to going to that with you. You were making fun of me earlier. Let's oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't wait. You, you can't, can't sit with me, but I'll go, I'll go with you to Charlotte. <laughs> we still can't sit together though. <laughs> I just want your extra time and your bump, 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 bump. No, <laughs> no. Okay. I can't. <laughs> okay. I just can't. <laughs> 
this episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> Eat It Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia. <laughs> no! Oh, God, no.